0: and by Simmons is this the over and it's off. Phantom. Hello and welcome back to the Bottleborn Reds podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joshua Anselma, here to talk to you guys today about your favorite team in Major League Soccer, your Toronto FC, joined by my co-host, Mike Pantalone. It is game day for the first time uh, as we cover Toronto FC, our favorite club here in Toronto. It is game day number one as the Reds get ready to take on FC Dallas tomorrow afternoon at 5.30pm kickoff. Mike, how are you feeling the day before opening night?
1: I'm feeling great. I'm really excited for the game tomorrow. It's uh, it's hard to believe it's already tomorrow. Actually, kind of flew by at time.
0: Yeah, you know, it is crazy how fast the off season went by. Ninety six days total, which is, you know, quite different from a lot of sports. Uh, We're lucky in that favor. But let's start off. FC Dallas uh, is a very interesting team uh, to talk about. You know, it's a great game for Toronto in terms of opening night matchups. Uh, FC Dallas, I find, is extremely interesting in the fact that they've won 11 out of 18 all-time meetings against Toronto FC. Uh, you know, They've really had Toronto FC's number for a lot of the history uh, between the two. And you know, they are actually the best team in terms of uh, per match history, in terms of getting points against Toronto FC, since Chivas USA uh, back when they were on MLS. So I think that's a really cool stat to point out as we look at FC Dallas. But I think something a little bit more under the radar is FC Dallas, believe it or not, is actually unbeaten in its last 12 season opening matches. Seven wins, five draws. They're tied with Real Salt Lake. uh, Also active, which is the longest such runs in Major League Soccer history. Uh, Dallas hasn't lost a season opener since a 3-1 defeat to Chicago in 2009. Mike, before we go more into depth about this FC Dallas opponent tomorrow, does this bother you? How do you feel about this?
1: Yeah, it makes me kind of nervous. you know it's going to be tough. If they've been unbeaten, uh, you said 12 games, yeah, the season last openers. 12 games. The last 12 season openers. yeah, it's going to be tough. I don't know how this team's going to be able to break that streak. Hopefully they do though.
0: Yeah, you know FC Dallas last year they finished 11th in the Western Conference. Uh, they, have a, they had a 7, 12 and 15 record for 33 points. Uh, They had 47 goals, for 59 goals against with a minus 9 differential. Definitely not the best season for FC Dallas. But what we know about FC Dallas, they've been around in Major League Soccer for a while. This isn't a new team. They are more known for their development. Yes, we talk about how good their youth academies are and what they've done developing prospects. Uh, They also sell them off to Europe when they get that chance to sell high on them. But for the first time actually in FC Dallas history, they kind of turned the page, which I find really interesting. This is probably my favorite under the radar team. Obviously, a lot of people talk about Miami and LA Galaxy and you know Toronto FC themselves, about all the offseason moves they bring in. They bring in these big names from Europe and everybody talks about them and you know from Mexico and all that, importing, you know, extremely talented players. But FC Dallas has this ability to grow their own players and develop from their own academy which I think is an awesome thing to have especially in major league soccer but you know they've really turned the page and this is what makes me so interested in tomorrow's game they have a new head coach now and Nico Estevez who confirmed he will be rolling a 433 system we've heard Velasco and Ariola on the wings with Jesus Ferreira in the middle up top for the three on the attack you know Nico Estevez is very confident in his team's ability, that he was open about this approach. And uh, tell me, you know, you played more on the defensive side of the football, uh, you know, in your playing days. Ariola. we know what he did with DC United. We know uh, Ferrer's got good talent, and we've seen him come up from, you know, the upper echelon, really, in MLS now. He's a bona fide, I guess, number one option down the middle. He's a great, a great player, so fun to watch. But uh, the name to watch is Velasco. So, you know, in your playing days, uh, you're going to relate this a lot to Schafflenberg because TFC has low import on wingbacks. How do you think is going to do against FC Dallas's first ever really big signing in Velasco, which they had no problem uh, actually spending money on uh, bringing him in? Uh, He's, you know, the Argentine attacker. He changes the look of FC Dallas in general. Uh, they really went out and spent money on a player like him that has top quality they also acquired uh, Paul Ariola as I said he got his contract need until 2024 um, you know coming over from BC United this attack is something that we haven't seen them do in a long time really looking for external options so do you think Schaffenberg is gonna be able to hold down the left side of the field or are you a bit nervous with his play well I think he's gonna
1: seriously struggle playing defense because he's not really a defender he's a Forward, attacking-minded midfielder. I, I don't think he he does not usually play left back. Uh, very, he did, doesn't have the great defensive mindset. Like he's used to playing up all the time, making runs. I don't think even when he does play left mid, he doesn't really come back and attack, uh, play defense that much. And the same thing on the other side, they got struggles with
0: Marshall right Yeah,
1: exactly. He's not a very experienced right back. He usually plays right mid. I think they're going to – you said Velasco is very uh, talented. Yeah. I think he's going to read uh, Schaffelberg pretty early. That might be a very thing to be nervous about uh, going into tomorrow night.
0: Yeah, you know, that matchup certainly isn't in Toronto FC's favor. I'm sure Velasco at home uh, for opening night is going to want to make an impact. Uh, Like I said, they did spend a pretty penny on him. Definitely changes the outlook of this organization as they look to actually contend after, uh, you know, parting ways with Ricardo Pepe. Uh, fantastic footballer, but with that it looks like they're getting a healthy Paxton Pomical in the midfield this year, Um, Marco Forfan looks like he's going to be ready to take the role at left back for FC Dallas Uh, Nanu is an interesting ad he's on loan from FC Porto and this is an FC Dallas team, like I said they look completely different on paper Uh, they're certainly going to be tougher to play against Uh, like I said, they always for some reason uh, do really well in opening night despite being, I guess, an average team um, but they've had their number against Toronto FC. So in my opinion, I'm nervous. I think you brought up a great point. Schaffenberg, we know all the good he brings in terms of attacking and the attacking style of football. But uh, certainly I think he's going to have his hands full as he's probably going to get a lot of Ariola and uh, Velasco content. And uh, it's going to be coming down to Bob Bradley and how he decides to manage this uh, decor. I wouldn't be surprised. They go five at the back. We are going to get into our you know, projected 11. I would probably suggest a five at the back. Uh, until we do get some help for the wingbacks. Not that I don't trust Marshall and uh, Schaffenberg. It's just I think that throwing them against FC Dallas right away on opening night is, uh, you know, we haven't got the chance really to see what they've done in preseason because of the lack of streaming and all that stuff. we only got one game to watch really. Uh, It's tough to see if they have made progress. But word around, uh, you know, journalism is that they have really stepped up their games. And Schaffenberg, they did try him out a bit last year in this left back kind of role. Uh, I think he's really good at bringing balls into the middle. I think towards the end of last year, uh, you know, when Chris Armas finally left, you know, thank the Lord for that one, um, we started to see a lot more progress in terms of, uh, you know, balls coming in over top, which I think, the, uh, you know, the, I think Toronto FC needs to really capitalize on that. And I think Schaffenberg can do a really good job with that. And I'm excited to see what he brings uh, on the left side as part of the decor. But, you know, Toronto FC themselves, this is now let's go back to them really. They got themselves in trouble last year and in most of these games it was early on uh, conceding at an mls high 34 goals before halftime while just scoring 15 times themselves this was a tfc team that half the games last year came out of halftime with a losing score and that's unacceptable especially to the standard that we hold toronto at i know last year was disappointing the transfer of stadiums and coming back to bmo field and all that so I guess if you want to call an asterisk season fair, uh, they definitely blew up the roster. Uh, you know, tons of departures and tons of new additions. Uh, that we'll get into in a bit later. But, you know, this is a team that they need, it's clear that they need to have better starts. And uh, that's something I'm going to be worried about tomorrow. So do you think the Bob Bradley system now, uh, you know, it's more about on the ball and more of, you know, they like to press. Uh, and winning the ball back very aggressively, which is something we haven't really seen uh, from a Toronto FC team. Usually, last year they kind of stayed compact a bit. They were playing like extra safe. But this year, Bob Bradley, you know, with teams in his past, he's been successful with this system. Uh, tell me, are you riding full confident in uh, Toronto FC's ability to get, you know, off on the right foot uh, despite not having uh, Lorenzo Insigne, their big name player this year?
1: Well, uh, it is a brand new system he's trying out. Like you said, he's been uh, successful doing it in the past. One thing they might struggle with is the chemistry. A lot of this is a, almost like a whole new team. New center back, Salcedo, Schaffelberg playing a new position. Marshall Ruddy playing right back. Uh, Alejandro Pozuelo's got new players he's got to communicate with, making passes and all that. Jesus Jimenez striking to him, knowing to make runs and all that stuff. And like you said, he's a its it, his system is very heavy press that's uh that may struggle with that form like i w- i'm more of a person who likes to keep possession you know take time with the ball which is hard to do with like you said they always lose the lead or early in the game they they always go into halftime with down by a goal or two whatever mm-hmm. so when you're like down by that you have to change your game plan around you get a rush to score more which that might be good with the heavy press I think that kind of system
0: well one thing to uh build off on your point there is uh it is rumored that you know Bob Bradley has kind of approached Pozuelo and playing more of a two-way kind of game this year which I think is really good I think Pozuelo uh is you know a far above average footballer. He's an MVP candidate any day of the year. Yeah, last year didn't really go his way due to injuries and all that, but he's still a fantastic player. I think he's really flew under the radar now with the Lorenzo Insigne edition. This is a guy that was an MVP, you know, like just a couple years ago. So, Pozuelo, I'm expecting big things from him. I think he's needed to play a two-way game now because we've seen the departures go and uh, these Toronto FC teams that have been so successful have really been on, you know, they've been elite on both sides in terms of offense and defense. Uh, and that's, you know, vital to MLS. And last year, the D side uh, was very weak. And, you know, they got blown up a lot of the time early in the beginning. So seeing a player like Pozuelo, who we know is probably the most talented player within the Toronto FC uh, locker room uh, tomorrow and opening night, you know, it's going to be interesting to see him play a more of a two-way role. Um, before I ask you about, you know, what you think about Pozuelo playing a two-way game, uh, Michael Bradley's dad, Bob Bradley, is obviously, you know, the new manager here in Toronto. Uh, What do you expect from Pozuelo in a two-way game, and what do you expect from uh, Michael Bradley? You know, he is, I guess, the face of Toronto FC in a lot of ways, longtime captain, MLS champion, uh, been through the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows with the Reds. Uh, Tell me, those two, definitely the big names on paper that I expect to be in the starting lineup. What do you think uh, their season has here as we look forward to opening night tomorrow?
1: Well, I think Alejandro Pozuelo uh, wanting to play a defensive game, I think that's very important now especially if Michael Bradley and Osorio, they're getting very old now, uh, taking much of the load defensively in the middle. Uh, Pozuelo, if they do get him to play more defensive, he'd be able to help. I think he'd be able to adapt. He is he's one of the top like players in the league, like you said, MVP candidate. And when you say what I expect from Bradley, I think he's going to regress. He's getting much older. He's slower. Uh, he, that's why Alejandro Pozuelo playing more defense would help him out ease him, make it easier for him as he's getting older and close to the end of his career.
0: Yeah, you know, we also saw last year they started putting him more in a central defender role. But I think Toronto FC now, with the depth they brought in, they really attacked that centre-back position. You know, O'Neal, Lucas McNaughton, who is a fantastic guy that I think is really under the table. I think, uh, yeah, Salcedo himself, but that is, you know, that's the big name at the back now. But uh, I think this team is really targeted the center back position obviously it's probably the most important in terms of the defensive line but uh you know it's a concern with the wingbacks and there's been reports that they've landed Cresido. uh you know he's played left back yeah, at a lot of times throughout his career but he's transferred more to a center back role i think that's given his you know age now and his speeds dropped off a lot he was never the fastest player but You know, when you have a guy in the wings who's not really able to provide you that attacking forward option, that's not something you really want in uh, modern soccer, especially in MLS as we see the league get younger and a lot more talented every year and every year. It just keeps building off that. But, uh, you know, with that, let's head to the next thing. Salcedo and Mavinga is probably my ideal one-two punch in the middle of the defense tomorrow night. Um, I think they're going to get the start. Salcedo, you know, the big money DP. Uh, I think everybody in Toronto is excited to see him. I don't remember the last time an MLS defender was brought in uh, that had this much excitement around him. Obviously, uh, he, you know, using the DP spot on the centre-back is not very common, but I think Salcedo is going to bring something vital to this Toronto FC team. We already, we already spoke about the experience he has playing over in Europe and tons of different clubs. Uh, we know his success over in uh, Mexico and in the international stage uh, in his career there. But tell me, Mavinga and Salcedo. I think this has the potential to be arguably the best center back partnership in Major League Soccer. I'm very high on these two. I love Chris Mavinga. Uh, You know, great fall on social media. Always, uh, you know, agent Mavinga. Always has something fun coming uh, on his social media pages. His play, MLS Cup champion. Uh, You know, injuries sometimes are affecting his play, but usually you can rely on him, and he certainly... Uh, far better than your average MLS center back for sure. So tell me, these two, we know you're a defensive specialist in terms of uh, center backs. Tell me, do you like this comparison and do you think that they're going to be a uh, well-mixed together? Because they both play really different games.
1: You know, well, I could definitely see them being one of the top pairings uh, in the MLS. I think, so Sato obviously said before, he brings great experience and Chris Mavinga is a great young player. I think Chris Mavinga will be, is it? Salcedo's a great mentor for mm-hmm. Chris Mavinga. He's got that experience. Veteran. Great defensive mindset. Great defensive plan. And the Chris Mavinga, obviously younger. Yeah. Speed. They're also pretty speedy. Yeah. Chris Mavinga is. Salcedo's very slow. So they kind of offset each other as well. Mm-hmm. So that's a great balance uh, at the center back position.
0: Honestly, we haven't really seen that from Toronto. I've seen it in a while to have two. Uh, center backs that we expect big things from them. I think that's really encouraging. Uh, obviously, Omar Gonzalez, when he came over to Toronto, he had some good you know, performances, but started to regress hard, and that really affected Toronto. Now having uh, Salcedo there to take over, I think that's a huge add, and I think it's really under the radar. I think this is a crazy Toronto FC team that is really under the radar in terms of that stuff. Uh, we'll get into that as we wrap up the episode. But uh, with that, let's go to the question mark and goal. Bob Bradley has still not stated his official starter for the year. We both know that you are all on Team Bono, but I think your uh, dreams are going to be crushed tomorrow. I think Westberg is uh, getting the opening night game here. Tell me, do you think Westberg can be strong the full 90 tomorrow night? Please do not destroy the guy because his height. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it would be very interesting to see, hopefully, like uh, – I won't say anything about his height this time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm interested to see how he plays with uh, the back four and his new teammates at center back. Obviously, something he does do better now is he's a great communicator. He is better on the ball, which is very important for a goalkeeper. A goalkeeper has got to be one of the best guys on the ball on your team. And uh, yet, (laughs) I'm going to bring up his height again. (laughs) Sorry. There is like like it would be tough. He is, actually, never no, run. He is speedier, which would be good against uh, you know his overtop balls. Get them yeah, on time. Better
0: agility in that sense.
1: Uh, hopefully, also like I feel like him not uh, announcing his full starter yet. I feel like uh, Alex Bono will get the start. They will be like a tandem. They may be competing start of the season. Hopefully, he gets that sorted out. uh hot, quick. yeah, quickly, yeah,
0: yeah, you know. Of course you love bashing Westbrook because I know you're very stereotypical in terms of your goalie needs to be tall. That's a very common, uh, you know, theory among To the cover company. most of the nets. Yeah, like that's a very common theory. Uh, you're certainly not the only one. You know, I'm sure this guy has been told about his height pretty much his whole career. I don't think we need to add more on that, the poor guy. Um, but, you know, his ability, he's a, he's a good footballer. He's a veteran. This is probably his last year. hes He does have better agility than Bono in a lot of ways. He is better on the ball. He does bring his, you know, positives. Bono, though, was the guy that won MLS Cup here in Toronto. And, you know, that's going to be a guy that we know the money that's attached to his name. Uh, we know that, you know, if he's not really a guy you can just offload given his performances and how he kind of turned into a backup last year and the year before that as well. But, you know, I think this year is important for Bono. I think he has the opportunity here now to really drive to the next step to elevate his game. I think a lot of, you know, rumor of Borean – uh, and all that stuff and Toronto see looking at the goaltending position as, you know, a potential problem and they want to level up on. I think that's fair. But uh, you know, I think Westberg. I have full confidence in him. Uh, you know, tomorrow's gonna be tough for a lot of players, like we highlighted, uh, you know, Marshall and Schaffelberg. Uh, you know, it's gonna be a tough test. FC Dallas is usually really good on opening night and especially at home and finally going out and spending money on, you know, some current players in the now where it's not gonna be really relied upon development-wise. They look like they're going to be competing for at least a playoff spot this year. And, uh, you know, with their development staff, I wouldn't be surprised if this team is, uh, you know, near the top, which we haven't seen from FC Dallas in a while, which I think would be pretty interesting. Uh, No, I'm not saying they're winning MLS Cup, but I think they're a really under-the-radar team here that can be one of those surprising teams come postseason. But uh, with that, let's go to the last question I have for you. That is... How will this TFC squad react to the first start under Bob Bradley? You mentioned the chemistry might not be there. Like I said, they're playing on the road. It's not like this game's at BMO Field. Uh, no Lorenzo Insigne. We all know that the talk is all about him. I guarantee you the pregame's going to be focused on Insigne. And he's not even going to be anywhere near Toronto or Dallas. So do you think that this team tomorrow night, and also until Insigne comes, can be successful? Because we know if they have a really bad start like last year and the trajectory falls the wrong way by the time Insigne comes here it might not be that much of an impact um, in terms of success this year for sure I've no doubt about his talent and that ability and you know the success the success he brings there but in terms of the team you know he's going to be missing a pretty fair part of the year and if this team doesn't at least maintain 500 uh, this is going to be a serious problem when Insigne comes over so tell me do you think this team is going to be amped up and ready to go tomorrow they have blown up like a ridiculous amount of the roster, brought in a ton of new players, uh, still rumored to be adding more. Do you think that they maintain a high standard tomorrow, or is this going to be a tough start to uh, the MLS season for
1: our Reds? Well, I feel like it may be a tough start, like I said earlier, with the chemistry, lots of new players, especially with FC Dallas never, having not lo- lost a season opener in 12 years. Yeah, 12 years. And uh, Yeah, but overall, the season before Insidia comes, I think they'll be able to hold it down good enough until he gets back, because when he does, they're going to be, like, one of the top teams in the league.
0: Yeah, they they are going to be uh, up near the top echelon for sure. But, uh, you know, I agree. The chemistry is going to be an issue at first, but I think Bob Riley, veteran coach, we've seen all the good he's done with, uh, you know, his MLS Cups in the past and MLS teams. So I have no faith in that sense, but... As we end up, uh, well, wrap up this episode, let's go finish off with our ideal 11 that we came up together with. Uh, For all listening, this is kind of your little Easter egg for tomorrow or for tonight, whenever you're listening to this episode. Uh, So we put together a 4-3-3 system. Um, You know, obviously more of a diamond shape in the middle. So we'll start with the goaltender. I put Westberg. I know Mike thinks uh, Bono could get the start here. I think it's going to be Westberg for opening night. So Westberg and goal uh, at left back is going to be Schafflenburg, which is, you know, not that much of a hot take. Uh, Mavinga and Salcedo as the pairing in the middle of the defense uh, with Marsha Rudy on the right side of them. Uh, Bradley as that holding mid kind of six defensive spot. Uh, I think that role really fits his style of play, especially with his age. And, uh, you know, he's not really known as the offensive contributor anymore. But to the left of him playing in a more offensive high role would be Jonathan Osorio. I think this is, you know, a lock to start tomorrow. Uh, we've seen him getting game action ready with uh, the international team, team Canada. He's done a fantastic job, really looks in form. I think he's a must start because, uh, you know, he's already got some real high left, high level game action under his belt, uh, which could provide an advantage on the field uh, to the right of Bradley. I think it's going to be Alejandro Pozuelo, um, you know, Pozuelo is a necessity, and he's going to be a vital piece to this team until Insigne comes over. I think a lot of people are underrating him now because of Insigne's name and how much money he's being paid to come wear the red and gray here in Toronto. But up top, the three attackers, uh, I think Nelson, uh, Jesus Jimenez, and Ifinachi Achara, I think are going to be the three for the attack tomorrow to start You know, Io Akinola was the only player mentioned by uh, manager Bob Bradley as the only injury coming into this year, which leads me to the overall squad depth of this team. Right now, if a key injury goes down to the guys we listed as the ideal starting 11 per game basis, the one we expect to see tomorrow night, you know, if an injury does happen to a pretty significant player like Achara or Pozuelo or even Jimenez himself, uh, the squad depth is very shallow for Toronto FC, and that kind of worries me because we know with the Canadian Championship and uh, you know all this, the games coming down the road here, you're going to get injuries. Like this team is not going to finish uh, completely healthy, and they're not going to finish undefeated and all that. So they're going to have to go through their ups and downs, and that's something that I'm seriously worried about. So tell me, uh, tomorrow starting at eleven. Do you think it's going to have success? And uh, are you nervous about the overall squad depth? Because you know injuries are extremely important.
1: Yeah, they also got to be very careful tomorrow. They're probably going to be, uh, they're going to be coming in cold. They're not like fully stretched out. They're not into the season yet. Hopefully, they all stay healthy. Like you said, there's no doubt. I don't know who they're going to like replace any of these guys with. Maybe the fullbacks will change. Put call up prospects. Maybe they'll get a chance. Stuff like that. Uh, yeah, they're going to, like you said, they're going to have to hold down the four, hopefully stay healthy until Insignia, their big signing comes in at the end of the Serie A season.
0: Yeah, the depth is just a major concern, but, you know, they are rumored to be adding more players, which I expect. Uh, you know, there is more international roster spots that were added today, which I think is really cool uh, from 8 to 11. So I think uh, Toronto FC is definitely drooling over that in terms of management and who they want to bring in. So respect. In that regards. But it is time to look forward to kickoff now. I'm amped up. The home opener is next. Uh, We against the New York Red Bulls. Which is always an entertaining game. Uh, Can't wait for BMO Field to be rocking. I'm pretty sure I'll be in attendance for that one. Uh, Go Reds go. I cannot wait for tomorrow night. It is finally Reds soccer. Let's go. TFC is back baby. Come on you Reds. Uh, They will see Red. You know. All the, the, the memos. Toronto FC soccer is back in Toronto. I cannot wait. Last year's season was a disappointment to say the least. And I'm so excited for a fresh slate and a whole new start. I've been waiting for this day, counting down the days, ever since last season ended. And it is going to be certainly entertaining. Mike, any last words and uh, anything you want to say uh, for tomorrow night? Well, I just want to say hopefully
1: they get the win tomorrow. And, yep. Go Reds, go.
0: Yes, let's destroy that 12-game unbeaten streak on opening night for FC Dallas. This is going to be a battle between two teams that really changed their overall look of the franchises in the offseason. So this is going to be extremely interesting. Make sure you are watching this one. We will have a full post-game reaction slash recap episode coming to you maybe as soon as Sunday. So stay tuned for that. Go Reds, go. I cannot wait. MLS is back. That's all from us. We will be back shortly. Thank you and go Reds go.